Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken. That is right, none taken. I am the Movie Moron, and this is the Movie Moron Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Easton Moore. Um, no sound bites today because we're recording fairly late today um, due to just everything that we're doing this week. Uh, my niece just turned one, so we had a long day on Saturday and uh, barely got this movie in, uh, let alone to record. So. Um, yeah, no sound bites for the opening, but uh, with us as always is our all-time uh, guest, Tristan, my wife. Hello. And then um, we'll see if I can get the visuals in on this or not, um, but we have someone um, in via Discord um, that is a longtime friend of mine who I think has been on one other podcast um, when he came and visited one time. Um, but yeah, uh, Austin is on the podcast as a guest. You're Good to be say, here. Okay, I was like, you're supposed to say hello. Um, but I specifically had him in because today we are doing a uh, uh, the brand new movie of the week, Gran Turismo. Um, and I don't know anybody that knows more about racing uh, than Austin. Um, and I don't mean that to slight you at all, Brandon. I know you're going to be listening, and I know you're a big racing <laughs> fan, but you are more towards the NASCAR as far as I'm aware um and austin is 150 percent just into the f1 series and that kind of stuff and also very much into sim racing so i thought what better than just bringing in the person that knows the most about it um and uh also just a slight disclaimer uh well we might have more discord um episodes uh since trevor has left i know he's going to come in every once in a while and he'll have to come in via discord and with us only having a part-time co-host instead of a full-time uh we'll have to do some random things to make things worse or make things work (laughs) uh and we hope that it is not worse so yeah um yeah we're just gonna go ahead and go straight into it um uh yeah so like i said this episode gran turismo um first movie back from i don't know how long for orlando orlando bloom i haven't seen him in forever oh in a my movie. word i didn't Wait, realize you did. that was him <laughs> yeah whoa he did so good uh okay um we usually let our um guests go first uh on their general thoughts uh, so Austin, without spoiling anything with the movie, and you as the um, Formula One racing and racing sim uh, uh, expert, uh, what was your thoughts, your general thoughts on Gran Turismo? Well, for me personally, as a fan of both sim racing and just motorsports in general, I obviously nitpick it a lot more <laughs> than what the average viewer probably does, mm-hmm. but I will like. To not go, well, there's not really that much to say about it as a movie itself. Like, it's kind of exactly what most people probably expected to be. Just at worst, it's a total cash grab, just a blatant advertisement for Gran Turismo. <laughs> but it's also pretty much your standard run of the mill sports slash racing movie. So, if you like just racing movies and sports movies, you're going to get exactly what you're looking for with this. Mm. So I feel like the only other racing movie to come out in recent time is Ford versus Ferrari. Did you watch that one? 
Yes, I actually enjoy that one a fair amount. Okay, so do you feel like this is anywhere in the realm of that, or this is a big drop below that? Honestly, I think it's because I saw Ford Ferrari back when it came out, so like kind of recent history. But like, I don't know. When I think of Ford versus Ferrari, I can't help but compare it to this movie. Mm. And it just at best feels like kind of a knockoff of Ford versus Ferrari. Or it just does everything worse than <laughs> like really. Yeah. It's just not as com- it's nowhere near as compelling as Ford versus Ferrari was. Yeah. It it feels weird trying like it feels weird comparing them because they are like two wildly different stories. Yeah. But because they both have the like main last act, um, really just the Le Mans race, if I'm remembering correctly, they both like I I'm pretty sure Ford versus Ferrari, the whole the climax of that movie was the Le Mans and so is this one so it mm-hmm. feels impossible not to compare them in some part yeah. but they are completely different yeah um one is much more when I say one Ford versus Ferrari seems like much more of a serious drama um and you've got like you've got much much like more talent in the pool when you've got Matt Damon and Christian Bale um and those guys in it and it's just i feel like it's just a much different movie this is supposed to be much more of an emotional kind of drama and the other one was much more of a in my opinion like a serious uh uh i don't want to say documentary but it almost felt that like more towards that whereas this is much more narrative based and much more emotional driven and like yeah, they do those normal notes that you're talking about with the sports movie that they felt like they had to hit. Uh, and we'll talk about it when we get into spoilers uh, about what like actually happened in this story because it is based on a true story. That's that's my biggest problem with the entire film. Yeah. And that's kind of the, one of the big things when it comes to the quality of this film is like with Ford versus Ferrari, versus Ferrari, obviously they embellish a lot of like the conversations that probably occurred in the back end of the development of that program. And they like, you know, try to make it as cool looking as they can. But in GT, like they just completely fudge pretty much everything in this film <laughs> to try to just make it palatable to just general audiences. Like the amount of stuff that they tweak around in reality that they just throw out the, into the trash is astonishing. So and it wasn't even necessary. It was a bunch of unnecessary choices. Yeah, and and so I think that's an interesting point of it, one big reason why I wanted you to be on specifically because we go in kind of blind. We I did go up to Kansas City and we we uh, you actually helped picked us. Picked us up from the airport, mm-hmm. and we uh, had uh, some drinks afterwards. And you had just saw the movie, and so you were mm-hmm. pretty uh, riled up uh, and talking about mm-hmm. it. And we had no idea what you were talking about because we hadn't seen it, and neither of us know the story yeah. of this. Um, so, like, we went in with kind of minimal information of the story. So that's why I think it'll be interesting to hear you nitpick the actual truth behind it. Um, but I think it's. I, I don't know. I've, I've seen so many movies and like, I, I just know when I go in to see a based on a true story movie that it's just loosely like the, 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 the main character is probably someone that was real. And a lot of the events are probably things that happen, but they're going to be over dramatized 
and they may not be in the correct order. They may not be in the correct timeline. Uh, there's been a lot of based on true stories where like they're hundreds of years off from what uh, actually took place. And so I've just kind of gotten used to that. Uh, and as long as the uh, emotion and feel of the movie is correct to the uh, the true story, then I feel like it's good enough. Um, like, uh, for example, a few of my favorite based on true stories are like uh, Invincible, uh, which is a football movie with Mark Wahlberg. Not 100% accurate. However, it still, I feel like, takes the right emotional tone. And then American Sniper is another one that mm. I I really like that's based on a true story. So um, I kind of went in knowing that it's not going to be, obviously, it's not a complete, you know, every yeah, single. Re, it's not It's not a documentary. These. Yeah. This is a narrative film. And, like, it's going to have to, f- like, do things to, to create a act one, act two, act three. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, kind of progress things. People entertained. Yeah. So, um, and after hearing Austin rant about it after uh, he watched it before we had, um, I kind of saw myself or felt myself uh, thinking like, okay, this probably isn't accurate, but it makes sense narrative wise. It makes sense movie wise. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else, journal? Or do you want me to ask Kristen what she thought, Austin? At least in terms of general thoughts, I think that's all I really got. Okay. Tristan, what did you think generally? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot, actually. I think maybe I just like dumb, fast car movies. <laughs> maybe that's my red flag, is that I just like <laughs> no, dumb, that's a, that's fast a green car flag. Movies. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I... Really like based on a true story movies. You do. Yes, you do. Like a lot. If I find out it's based on a true story, I'm like, oh, heck yeah, I'm going. And everything that happens, you are so much more emotional about. I know. And it, I, it, it I'm trying to, to not believe everything that I see, though. Because of. Yeah, yeah. because of you, Mr. Realism. <laughs> but I, that's really hard for me because in this movie, I was like trying to think, okay, it's okay, Tristan. That's probably not real. Like that's probably they ju- they're just playing. Yeah. They're just playing with it. They're just playing. Um, like there's a there's a um like music that he listens to. I'm trying not to spoil things, but well, they said that that was real. I know, oh, but, but while I was watching it, it yeah, I'm okay. like, that's probably fake. That's yeah. probably not real, Tristan. Like it's not that cool. And then <laughs> it was cool. real, and I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> So then I'm like proving myself wrong. Um, that's not a real spoiler thing. That's just I know that's why I was yeah, like yeah, no, using that as an example. But oh, and then when there's pictures of the real people at the end, oof, I can't handle it. I feel like almost every single based on a true story. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, whenever they do the the pictures of the yeah of the real person, yeah, it always it always adds a little bit extra I'm like, to this it. Is this is the greatest thing ever every time it comes on. And no, I had a lot of fun. Obviously, Fast and Furious is still <laughs> superior, but um, this was really fun and I liked it a lot. And those are my general thoughts. Okay. Um, 
on my end, um, I was expecting very, I, I had very low expectations. Um, I don't know why. I know it's a Sony project, so like, I mean, the last Sony project that came out was the Last of Us TV show, which was absolutely fantastic. Do I need to put this closer? You turned your head like away oh. from it, so. Was- uh, yeah, Austin is uh, video wise to our left, so. Yeah, we're we're, we're not face, looking we're at not our camera. So camera. if you if you see us just looking to the left, because usually we're looking to the I'm looking to the right. Yeah, and I stare straight at the camera. <laughs> Good. Good job. Um, but yeah, uh, I had pretty low expectations and I was, um, at the very beginning, uh, those expectations were correct. I thought, I thought the first act was really rough. Um, both on acting standpoint, the the visuals that they were trying to do was like way too much. Um, Mm -hmm. it like, (laughs) It just looked really rough and everything they tried to do with like the video game aspect did not like it all just felt really fake. Um, that's, that's kind of like baffling how I knew immediately. Cause just to be clear, I was excited for this movie when I first saw the trailer. I I wasn't excited at all. Like I was pretty pumped like by the promotional material, Yeah, but that first act, it was complete cringe. It was yeah. completely cringe. The writing and was really bad. It's, it's very, that's one thing I'll also say about this film. I don't understand what Gran Turismo was thinking and Sony was thinking with the, like, because obviously it's just an advertisement for Gran Turismo and other stuff. But, like, I didn't get the vibe of Gran Turismo being the focus of this movie besides, like, it being plastered over everything. Like, they don't really talk about the game that much. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, I think the game, like, they play the game for a total of, like, five minutes of this, like, two-hour-long movie. Yeah, to me, I feel like it was just Gran Turismo um, trying to attach themselves to this, like, um, absolutely insane story of a video gamer becoming a professional racer. Um, and, like, I don't, I assume Gran Turismo was the person that was tied to that story. Um, so... I, I think they just like, okay, they, they wanted to create a film off of that absolutely insane true story. Because, I mean, the, uh, Orlando Bloom, Bloom's character is correct. Like, that is a, absolutely a wild thing. Um, somebody that just plays video games to be able to do this in real life. Like, that is a yeah. crazy, like, thing. And so... I, I, to, in my opinion, I think Ranchismo was just trying to attach themselves to that crazy story. Just like they were, like, back in the day, if this movie has any kind of real truth to it, like, they spent a crap ton of money creating this racer. And they did it just to say, like, hey, we're Gran Turismo and we, like, this movie is, or this game is so realistic, like, you could, if you're good at this game, you could be a real racer. Like, that's the... Mm. That's the tie, you know. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I'll give him credit. Like, yes, it is still, like, based on a true story. So, like, it's still, the story itself has potential to be interesting. My main gripe (laughs) is just how they went about it. And, like, I don't know, they're really, like, pushing these cliches and stereotypes about this story just because, you know, they didn't really try anything special with this as a sports movie or a racing movie. And so I feel like they unnecessarily, like when they talk about how ridiculous the story was, like it's not that crazy of a story. 
despite how much they want people to believe and how much people will assume it to be the case because yes it was extremely unlikely that he was ever going to have a motorsport career without this competition but it's very rarely an issue of skill it's an issue of money Mm. it's like the one of the things that I first was thinking of when I saw them pushing this aspect of him having to prove his skill. It never, it didn't make that much sense to me because the amount of like the pool of people that motorsports teams have to pull from in real life racing is incredibly small. Like I think maybe like it's about two and a half million people in the entire world have anything to do with racing and motorsports. And to put that in the context, in the United States alone, Easton, there is six million people who are playing football. Like mm. so there's almost three times as many people playing American football in one country than there are people racing in real life in the entire planet. And does that racing take and in does that like also take in consideration like go karts? Okay, that's, that's what like, I was asking. Yeah. Like the go kart yeah. racers, the like that is, the the, the rec- majority of that is go kart drivers. Yeah, the, and off, like that's where normally that's where you get that's where you young start drivers from because yeah. you work your way up a ladder, kind of like in soccer and stuff, where it's like you go from different team to team and competition yeah, yeah. to competition. But the thing is, like, it's not that crazy to think of because there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who have played or were playing Gran Turismo and um, any other sim. There's a whole bunch. Of well, they ones. said it like 50 times, 85 million people. They, yeah, they kept on that one. They kept on saying there are 82 million people playing Gran Turismo. And I'm like, that's that's a lot. That, that's yeah. quite a bit. I don't know where I don't know where they pull those kind of numbers mm. from. It's probably 82 million even, people have bought copies of a like that's probably their most popular title sold Mm -hmm. 85 million copies but that means like there are people that buy a copy and play for two hours yeah like the the either way either way it still just pushes the point it's like they even said themselves like that a buttload of people are playing this game so that was a huge talent pool yeah get from and really like I don't know. You kind of, if you have the skills, you can do well in both sim racing and real life. It just seems it's been shown that it translates from one to the other pretty easily. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, and and especially when you're like that high level of a sim racer, uh, I think the movie does a really poor job of showing like the level of sim racer he was supposed to be, because he looks like he just like randomly like goes in. He just kind of. Yeah, he just jumped into a random match. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so it looked very casual, uh, and like they throw him in, and he's like in twelfth place, and it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. if this guy's so good that he's gonna possibly be a legit racer, he would just be blowing the competition on like these online matches because, like, Mm -hmm. uh, just for reference, I play a lot of. um, Well, I used to play a lot of like. Um, competitive shooters and even some competitive MOBAs. And like, I was decent when I played a crap ton, like thousands of hours into these games and I was decent and I was a diamond player, which is like top 1%. Um, I would have zero chance of being pro in that game at a top 1%. And like, I was dominating those games for the most part. So like the pro people in video game form, were like point zero 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 one percent 
of players. And, like, they had him throwing in, and he was just, like, uh, doing, like, oh, like, these advanced pass moves to get into, like, fifth place. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. All that was really dumb. (laughs) That's why the first act is just really cringy. Both the dialogue, the forced emotional stuff, and the video game aspect are all very cringe. Um, But I think, thankfully, for the movie, it gets out of that and gets into the actual racing part fairly fairly quickly. Mm. You have something there? Not for right now. Oh, some spoiler stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know if it is, but I just... I just won't say it to be safe. Does that have something to do with the father? The family, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that, that's, I think, in the first act, that's the like worst part, is the family and mm. the father stuff all felt extremely forced and very unrealistic and, uh, yeah, just very cringe writing from the start. And it's all, because the first... 25 is, minutes is all of just family stuff. Is the dad the guy in Gladiator? Oh. He's the slave in Gladiator. <gasps> oh, no way. For is reference, really? Tristan and I just watched Gladiator. Like Okay. Like this last week we mm-hmm. just watched Gladiator. She watched it for the first time. Yeah, I thought he was in like Wakanda movies. He He's black, but he's not in no, Wakanda movies. No, I thought he was, or like a Marvel movie. Like I thought he was in a Marvel movie. He is in a Marvel okay, movie. Okay, see, um, which one? And is he it? has like dagger eyes or something. Yes. Yeah. Um. Do you guys know who else he, was in this movie? Well, no. before we get there, oh. before we get there, oh, he's literally in like two seconds of Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. That's who he is. Is that how I know him? Like the the first Guardians of the Galaxy, he's like, so there's what? there's Thanos, and then Thanos is like right hand man. Yeah, I keep on getting notifications from Discord. I'm so sorry, I can't mute that. Um, uh, yeah, and and then that person's right hand man is this guy. That guy. But he's literally in like maybe two and a <gasps> oh, half minutes. Oh wait, he's the he's the bridge guy. The bridge guy on the Marvel movie. I don't think he's the he's bridge guy. He's not the bridge guy? I, no. The keeper of the bridge or something? I don't think so. Dang it. In the Thor movies? I don't know. I'm, I'll figure it out. Never mind. Because he's the guy that says he like catches up with Star-Lord at the very beginning of the Gardens of the Galaxy. And he says, I'm Star-Lord. And he says, who? That's the extent of his lines in the Marvel movies. <laughs> okay. Okay, but who were you going to say? Who was in this movie that you were surprised by? Well, see, I don't pay attention to her, and I also don't really pay attention to Red Bull Racing, but the mother in this movie is played by a certain um, Gary Halliwell Horner, who, one, is the wife of um, Christian Horner. He's the like the president leader, I forget what they call of Red Bull Racing and F1. So he's like a top dog. and But she's not just his wife, but she's also a Ginger Spice from the Spice Girls. What? That's hilarious. That was Ginger Spice. Like, straight up. That's I couldn't, so I funny. I didn't recognize her at all. That's yeah. so funny. Well, I don't know any of the Spice Girls, so that wouldn't... 
I I would never know, but that is hilarious. Yeah. Also, not a fan of her acting job. Just going to say she's part of the cringe. (laughs) She's part of the cringe. Yeah, she definitely wasn't fantastic. Um, However, um, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but there was one scene where they decided to keep on coming back to her, and it was just emotional terrorism. I was... Yeah, the... I don't want to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because there were several times, I'll tell you people, I'm a crier. There were several times I got teary-eyed. By several, I mean like three. I did not shed a tear, though. You never shed a tear? No. Oh, I did. There were, okay. Unfortunately. I I retract my statement. I caught a couple before they fell. But it wasn't enough for them to fall down my face. You know what I mean? You said you teared up, like actually. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always a, a, that's more big crier movie people. No, I just unfortunately. Sorry. Uh, movies get me. There's a reason why I'm a big movie guy. Movies. I mean, I, I get, I feel like I get pretty emotional from films, but this one. <laughs> I feel like it it did a lot to like try to force you into uh, emotional stuff, and maybe I'll get in. Well, I'll I'll I will say the specific scenes in the in the spoiler part. Um, I'm really trying to find the dad here so that I can tell you. Um, oh, I just had him on here. His name is Digimon. I literally oh, passed right by him. That's so annoying. Um, yeah, he's literally just in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I okay. was correct. I think I remember. No, he's in Black Adam too, and that's DC. Oh, it's still a superhero <laughs> movie. <laughs> the two com- the the two competing. It's uh, factions. still superhero though. That's like drinking Diet Coke and saying uh, that. Oh no, I had some. Yeah, well, I don't drink pop, Pepsi so it's all Zero or whatever. I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. I forget what we were talking about, but that is the extent of. What yeah, no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm caught up with the with the dad, <laughs> in the yep, I'm caught up. Okay. Okay. But yeah, um, into my general thoughts are uh, after the first act, um, I think the movie got significantly better. Um, also, the uh, racing um, visuals and stuff got also significantly better once we got out of the video game aspect of it and got into the actual racing. And I don't know why the video game racing stuff was so bad. They literally yeah, especially it's like Gran Turismo is not a bad looking game. No, so it's, it was very mind boggling at how bad the CGI for their own video. Yes, game was. Like, I was like, at, at, I was just like, at this point, just play the video game and record it. <laughs> like, just record it you playing be it. Dude, it, it just like, be yeah, it would. I'm, I'm not TBH, like, I thought that's what they were doing. No, no, it, but looked, it was all CGI. Yes, that was so much worse than what the video games looks like. <laughs> looks like, and that's why it was so mind boggling. It's like your game, like Gran Turismo, is is uh, known for its gr- like car graphics. Um, mm. 
Like it's it, it is supposed to be a sim game where it's supposed to be closer to what it is to be in these kind of uh yeah. um S A B C D um tier car races and like you can do every form of that in it. But like the visuals was the big part of it from the beginning, from PS one. That was like the big part of it. Um and now, like I guess Austin would know there have been simulation racing games that are now better simulation wise, but I think graphic wise, Gran Turismo is still one of the best, right? I mean, yeah, graphically, yeah. It's well, honestly, I wouldn't even say it's the best graphically anymore, but it's still up there. Like, it's still a good looking game. Like, it's modern graphics and all that stuff. Yeah. See, these are things that uh, someone like me would not catch on to. Yeah. And I did not. And it was just so cringeworthy at the beginning. Um, yeah. And there, uh, I think Austin will probably, maybe he caught this. I don't know. But there are also several times where, like, the leaderboard stuff was really bad. Like, I don't it, yeah, know what it that is. means. It, so it would, it would say that he was, like, two and a half seconds behind. And then out of nowhere, it would say he was like 11 and a half seconds behind. And then he was like 0.5 seconds behind all within the same shot. Hmm. And like, that's not how that works. I don't, did you notice that? I guess I don't recall exactly like the time. Like I didn't really look at the timing. Oh, well, it it just was always in the left hands. Like not always, but it was very often in the left hand side as he was like moving up. And, like, it would just, like, show it there. And, like, there was a time where it said he was 11 and a half seconds behind. And then literally the next shot, it showed him 0.4 seconds behind. And then two seconds behind. And I'm like, mm -hmm. none of this makes sense. Also, that's, like, those times are behind the leader. So, like, how are you, like, he was apparently in 12th place at plus four seconds and then he was at fifth place at plus 11 like that doesn't make any sense yeah i feel like this is kind of getting like this is just a spoiler talk now but like that was one of the other big things that had like the actual racing and the way they depicted these races was horrible yeah it was a complete mess of shoving all these different races into such a short movie because I get it. Like obviously for the four first Ferrari, they had the benefit of only needing to show like two races because they showed the 24 hours of Daytona and the 24 hours of Le Mans and maybe a third one. I don't quite remember. I think it was just those two. So like they had the benefit of only needing to show two races, but in this one, you're shown like five or six different races in the span of like an hour because they don't even start that stuff until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. But the actual, like the pacing of the races was so stupid. And honestly, the actual race craft that you see and what they do is completely like, it's completely separate from reality. None of the stuff that you saw is stuff that I would expect to actually see, especially with the attitudes of the characters. (laughs) My God. Yeah. That is that is something I want to get into. So not not yet. Um, is there anything else spoiler free that we want to talk about? Um, did uh, yeah, anything else spoiler free you want to talk about before we get into? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, 
Um, I actually do think that David Harbour did a great job at this role. I Which think is one bright spot. He's the he's the manager dude, not Hopper. Yeah, he was like the yeah. Coach, I just said I David liked Hopper. Him a lot. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um. Yeah, him. I think he yeah. was. He was actually. I think he just does such a good job of being like this uh, hard ass softy. Yes. And uh, yeah, you've already said <laughs> I have a soft spot for those characters. Yeah. So yeah, I think he actually. Yeah, no, he did. He did a great job. Yeah. I um, okay. Um, I think I've also said everything I want to about spoiler free stuff. So. <laughs> Um, we will do recommendations uh, here real quick. Uh, Tristan's been getting over some sort of sickness. So, sorry. Um, sorry for the coughs. Um, Austin, do you recommend going and watching this movie? That can be in the theaters. That can be on streaming. That can be go buying it from Redbo- Redbox, buying it physically, whatever. Not at all. Not <laughs> like Compared to everything else that you can get around this time, there's so many better options. Okay. Tristan. Yes. <laughs> yes, I Full do. recommend. Full recommend. Yeah. I really liked being in the Dolby seats in the race cars, and it's like <laughs> shaking you around. <laughs> I like So it. this would have been a good 40X experience. Sure. Except not for me because that sounds awful. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I think... I don't think they utilize the Dolby surround sound enough. I didn't feel like in the races that I was really that like shaken up and that like overwhelmed with sound. So that's how I like it. Well, I I think if you're in the middle of a race where, um, according to their speedometers, they're going 355 miles per hour, um, which I can tell you is completely false. Um, <laughs> It should have been much louder than that, and it oh, sh- you should I'm have felt it more of it. Me, I know it was perfect. Yeah, I'm saying uh, I very I did enjoy myself, so I recommend watching it. But I don't think this is something you have to necessarily watch in the theaters. But if you want to, you Go can. For it. Yeah, you can. And there's a lot of uh, uh, and it's I think it's kid friendly for the most part. Yeah. I don't know if kids would really. In- enjoy it yeah unless they were teenagers would randomly really into cars or uh into um being defiant from their parents sure and really like video games and be like see i play video games and can do something because that's the point of this movie oh i get what you're saying yeah like uh like um like, um, look, Dad, I can play video games and that could do something for me. Yeah. And look, Dad, you just don't understand. Is don't it... don't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, we're gonna go to um a short little break, uh, if it plays, and then we're gonna do the spoiler part of the review. So, um, if you haven't seen it yet and you care about spoilers, go ahead and pause it. If you don't or have already seen it, uh, keep on listening. But we're gonna take a short little break. I'll be back. Okay, and we're back after that short little break. I keep on waiting for the... We're back. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, R.I.P. Trevor. 
are he's not dead. I know. I that <laughs> sounded bad after I said it. Sorry. Um. Okay. So now we're getting into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you can go and take a break or pause it, and then come back <laughs> after you've watched it, or take a break, or take a break. Um. So yeah. Now we're getting into spoilers. Um. So we can talk about, um, how, uh, I guess Austin can tell us, but I feel it. I'll just say it seems like. The movie, this it spans a very short amount of time, and the real story was much more drawn out. Well, and that seems that, to be the biggest yeah, we'll, problem. We can go ahead and just get this part out of the way. <laughs> this movie covers a span of like three to five years. Yeah. And it's very easy to not notice that. Yeah. Because they don't want to talk about it. They don't <laughs> want you to think too hard about it. Well, does because does the movie actually span that time? Or does it just span a year? Like, or does there's the, no way it does. There's no way it does. Because it's like, so the, the true story spans three to five years. But it seems like this movie is making all of this happen within a year. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it just steamrolls everything. Like, if I recall correctly, it's about like two years. Because he has to spend like an entire season uh, in GT3 mm. trying to get his actual license to race professionally. Okay. Which, I, which, by the way, that's another. I don't want to get it too ahead because that's like the middle of the movie. No, no, it's fine. You, it, but we don't. We, we don't do. Yeah, we don't do chronological. Yeah, jump around. Yeah, <laughs> jump around. yeah. yeah so no, d- don't don't feel bad talking about it right away. So yeah, the the fact that he gets his G3 license by getting fourth. Or G whatever license. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, I I don't know that much about the actual nitty gritty about getting a license, but it just I feel like there is a bunch of stuff that they were just glossing over that he's already racing in GT threes with apparently this guy. Like, it's not even that fact that he has to race in the series to get the license. That's normal. But um, David Harbour's character was supposed to be coming from like a relatively big fancy team. But this guy is just racing with apparently like newbies. Like I don't, it kind of blew my mind that the dickhead. Oh, um, I get what you're saying. Like he's supposed to be like this top tier driver, but he's still driving in like a low enough class that people without licenses are allowed to race with him. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. And honestly, the way they decide to handle, like, the drivers that you see in this movie is insane. Because I'm just going to get ahead of this part and say that in the 24 Hours of Le Mans race, his team is bold. That is completely false on who made up his team. Mm. Because the people that drove with him in real life were real race car drivers. Like, one of them was just a real, like, that was just his job. Wait a second. Are one, you saying sim what? racers aren't real racers? I'm damn right I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, sure as hell, were not sim racers. Actually, you know, I'll give one credit. The one, one uh, I think it was the Spaniard who was supposed to be on their team for Le Mans. Mm-hmm. He actually had already won the competition but a year before our main character did. This is not the first competition that they did for this. So it's not like Martin Burrow's like special because he actually won a podium at Le Mans. Mm. Like that's the special part. But he is not the first one to do it. 
And he didn't do it with just sim racers backing up his team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he had real drivers to carry the rest of the shifts. Like it's like to me that was a blatant lie. It yeah. was kind of offensive yeah, to me fair. as somebody who actually does sim racing and knows what they go through and do. And yeah. it's like, bruh, you don't have to lie about everything. It's like everything is somehow fudged for no reason. Nobody would care yeah. about the other drivers. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like that's a problem with, uh, based on a true story, uh, movies is mm-hmm. because, um, anybody that doesn't know the actual story feels like you're going to believe it. And it feels like it's within a realm of possibility. Mm. So you agree with all these slight altercations to the real story, but then people that really know the story and are attached to what actually happened, they're like, this is a complete mishap lie of the reality. And like, and to your point, why? Like, why are you lying about these small things when you could create a, a narrative when without having to lie? Like you don't have to have him have his, yeah. Uh, other sim racers that uh, in reality, like even in the movie, he was fighting against and wasn't a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Like the the main like From Maddie, that guy. The, yeah, I think, I think his name was Maddie or something. Yeah, in the movie. Maddie. He was giving me hardcore. Uh, what's that guy from Top Gun? That they become friends. Oh yeah, Ice Ice Man. Yeah, but in the second one. Oh oh. Um, yeah, no, I, I, Sandman, no, yeah, yeah, no, his name, his call name is Sandman, yeah. Yeah, it was giving me big Sandman vibes of like, I hate you, I'm gonna destroy you, and then he was like, ah, bro, it's not your fault, we good, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Glenn Powell is the actor's name, and yeah, he's Sand, Hangman. 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 Oh, I was close. Yeah, Hangman. Lieutenant Jake Surizen. Yep. But anyways, yes, Hangman. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you felt that entire yeah. time. Yeah. After he after the his like team got introduced. Yeah. So I feel like yeah that like it didn't it didn't feel necessary. However, I do think um, I w- I thought I was gonna have much more of a problem with them finally teaming up. Mm. I think it was obviously something that felt pretty forced. Mm-hmm. Like this is what the story needs. However, it didn't feel like it was outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, um, I definitely. My problem with the whole thing is I feel like it is outside of the realm of possibility based on their own storytelling, not really within reality of like these people. Obviously, you can find ways to get into racing. But the, based on the storytelling and the way they told the story of this movie, the whole point of GT Academy yeah. was you win and you get to race for real. Yeah. So when they don't win, it's kind of awkward because you also spent the next third of the movie following the winner as he had to go through this whole rigmarole just to get a license to race. And then they just come back and it's just like, yeah, we were racing the whole time. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, true. So let's just throw us into this top class or uh, LMP2 car. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we'll just off to the races. Let's do it. So yeah. what I mean is that, like, um, I feel like it felt, like, possible that, like, 
maybe they race so good that that other people saw their talent and decided to allow them to race under their name, but Nissan or however the yeah. hell Orlando Brown Jr. was saying Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Orlando Jr. Brown Jr., who uh, was a former left tackle for oh, I the Kansas City Chiefs. No, yeah. uh, um, Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Um, kept on saying Nissan instead of Nissan. Yeah. But anyways, um, I I just kind of took it as other people saw their talent and they let them like, and they kind of hired them to race. Uh, and it was at a lower circuit, but Nissan uh, took our main character and was trying to make him a thing. Mm. Um, See, I, the problem that I have with that aspect, I'm not saying I, it's foolproof. I'm just saying like, it's a, I believe that is what they are trying to push with the movie. And that's why I'm going to be debating this part. But, <laughs> In the story, like, a huge part of the narrative is that nobody thinks that the winner of the competition can do this stuff. Yeah. So I'm not really expecting – I wouldn't go really believe that, that like, multiple teams saw this competition and said, yeah, these runner-ups are good, but we're just going to take a dump on this guy who actually beat all these dudes and say that he can't do it. But we're going to go ahead and give these guys the chance to get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, level. it said that they were doing lower level. They weren't doing yeah, it did. They these. Did. Which yeah. I think is also weird because you need it. He, he needed yes. to do this certain level yes. to get this license. Exactly. And yes. There's really so much time in the year to do these competitions. Yeah. So like that's, that's my only problem is the fact that they, they spent so much time worrying about this license and then all these other racers are able to do it. Yeah. It's not that the, that these other racers can like do it. It's just that they like logistically, like we just spent 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and like how suspenseful they made that I thought was really ridiculous. Um, oh, like, like when the his, guy like freezing up or whatever. No, no. Even before that, oh. I I was not a big fan of that either. Yeah. But with the licensing, um, the first race he does, he was in fourth place, and then the guy wrecks him. Oh yeah. Um, which, as far as I'm cons- as far as I know, everybody would deem that as a like he's now a troubled racer. I don't know much about the racing community, but I assume if you're wrecking other people's cars to win. They're not going to be very um, receptive to you as a driver, and you may get investigations like he was later on on his wreck. Well, and see, that's that's one of the, another big issue amongst all the others. It's mm-hmm. like this complete douche. Yeah. Like, obviously, this is America, so NASCAR, in terms of like wrecking people, it's handled very differently from other motorsports in the world. Like that was a NASCAR move. Just dumping him on at the last corner of the track. And especially in that way in GT three cars, like that's like suspension level crap. It's certainly mm. at least a penalty. And yeah. considering like how kind of close they were to everybody else, like that dude cost himself who knows how many points yeah. for no reason whatsoever mm-hmm. for this dude he doesn't even know yeah. like it, it's not like he didn't have a chance to develop a grudge against this dude you didn't even know who he was and it's also probably one of the worst written bad guy characters ever 
because I've never seen a dude be such a dick after he totals his own car. Like, I couldn't believe my eyes that when was... I saw him react the way he did after he crashed his own car. Yes, that, I, that, that, that scene... That scene was absolutely hilarious because it shows so who's supposed to be a seasoned professional driver and know exactly what he's doing. Supposed to be one of the best in the league Mm -hmm. or in the circuit, whatever you want to call it. And he just recklessly just there are two different professional drivers that are supposed to be top tier that just recklessly like accelerate through the ass and just destroy another car. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like the thing is like that crash like that crash is probably the most realistic part of the racing is this entire freaking thing because the race craft that at least as far as I was noticing was pathetic. It was like I just don't it's the kind of thing where I just don't understand because this is made by Sony who makes Gran Turismo and the whole thing that they love to push with Gran Turismo is how realistic it is. <laughs> yeah. But in this movie called Gran Turismo the racing is idiotic most of the time. Like there's just, really nothing realistic about any of these aspects the, except the, for maybe Le Mans, but that's like even that they kind of push. Yeah, I thought the Le Mans was pretty rough, which we'll I think we'll get into later. But the racing in this movie felt like it was just um, you pass someone when you don't fear passing them. Mm-hmm. Like it was a once you must commit. You once you muster up the courage, being like, "I'm not scared of this." Yeah. And ooh, you book into an extra gear. Ha! There you go. Now you now you get to pass them. And I was getting very tired of that trope, of like yeah. it was. It, it was like at least it felt like five different times they did that thing where it's like, "Oh, I can shift up another gear and yeah. then just go." It's like it's not how I was also it works. Thinking- I'm sorry. How many gears can you go up? Well, so this is a something people have a problem with Fast and Furious 2, of how they just keep gearing and gearing and gearing. It is a race car, and you're doing turns. You downshift, too. Well, yeah, but... They're downshifting, and then they're upshifting, and they're downshifting, and they're upshifting, so, like... I mean, I figure that. Okay. But I'm like, how how much more excited do we have to be about the same shift? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The thing oh, that I God. just kept on thinking was like they kept just he'd be like, Yeah, I'm ready to do it now. And then he would pass. Yeah. And it's like that's not like that's just not how it I like I'm not a racer, but like you don't just will yourself to pass yeah. or else everybody would just be winning because everybody that's racing has the Everyone's will to win. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's skill. It's your car. It's knowing your car. It's knowing the track. It's knowing. I assume. I don't know, but yeah. it's it's more than just I want to win. Yeah, and I think the uh, I think maybe that's just the like it's trying to do the trope of sports movies because in a lot of sports movies it's just once they finally like they they will themselves to win and that's the triumphant moment. But that just doesn't work as well with a race movie as it does with most sports. Like, uh, specifically, like, I was obviously a runner. Willing yourself, like, that is a real thing. Like, right. obviously, you That's have physical like limits. Body. 
yeah, yeah. your body is at a limit and you're forcing it to go past that. That is a yeah. mental thing that you're pushing yourself towards. Football can be a similar thing. Yeah. Like soccer can be a similar thing because it's physical limits. But this you're, you're like using an object. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they, if there was a physical aspect of it, which I think it's really funny that they talk so much about the physical stuff. They're like, you need to be more endurance. You need to be stronger. Well, and like none of that mattered. <laughs> yeah. It was just willing yourself well, past see, the person. Kind of the thing. I, that was actually one of the weird parts about the academy portion because – I would actually say that the physical aspect actually is like most likely the biggest hurdle that people have to overcome. Aside from, you know, there is a mental aspect of getting used to driving a real car and actually gaining over the fear of getting into these wrecks. Because there are like people die in this sport. Yeah. Not as much as they used to, but still like enough for it to be scary. Even and just hurt. Like, it's not just death. It's also just hurt, like broken bones and bruises yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. And just the amount uh, of damage you're doing to your car and everything. Like, that's also mm-hmm. a mental aspect. But the thing is, like, it definitely was weird that they kind of kept pushing that for the entire movie. Because even if you go based on the movie's timeline, he's still done, like, an entire season's worth of races in the a GT3 series. And eventually, like, after, like, the first couple races... If you haven't gotten over that aspect already, you're already in deep trouble because (laughs) it's not, you don't pass cars by just wanting to do it. Yeah. You go through these passes and you do your moves because you know that the people that you're racing are at least professionals on some level. And the idea is being able to like predict and understand what they are doing and using their moves and like, moving around them yeah and do it it's kind of like a chess match almost it's not that much of a battle of wills yeah it's still a factor but it's not the only thing like they kept pushing it exactly i also i feel like they didn't push and use the fact that like these people or this our main character know the track so well like that's the benefit of putting yeah. So many hours and hours and hours on this video game is that like this that the track that you play on the sim game is a direct replica of the one you're doing in real life. So like I feel like they should have used that more than they did the will aspect of like mm-hmm. look yeah. and and they talked about it to be like look I mm-hmm. I know this because I've played it a thousand hour or a yeah thousand- he said that a few times but well, also yeah. a thousand hours is nothing. So let's just put that aside. It would be like hundreds of thousands of hours. But nonetheless, like they should have been using that. Yeah. Of like the reason why I can get around this person is because I know this uh, course inside and out. Even though I've only raced it once mm-hmm. or done a practice run two or three times, I've raced this sim wise a thousand times yeah. like i know every single in and out of this and like that's that's how i was able to pass people and i thought that was very underused yeah i have a question yeah how real was it when he was like my brakes are glossy or whatever my brakes oh, were glazed yeah i was i was thinking about if i should even bring that up because <laughs> it's a real thing yeah and essentially what it means Brake glazing is where, when a certain like when way too much heat is applied to your brake pads, 
it'll actually harden the material of your pads and the calipers and all that stuff. And essentially what it does is it makes it so that the brakes can't actually generate any friction, which is why he crashed there because he tried to brake and to overtake into the turn. Mm-hmm. But since his brakes were glazed, it just kept him going. It didn't stop his momentum, and that's yeah. why they crash. But the pro- my issue that I have with it, and I don't know racing nearly enough to say how it could have happened, and I'm sure they could find some way to justify it. But, like, even if he knew that the brakes were glazed, which I think is kind of a weird thing because I don't think GT does it near, like, they don't simulate brakes nearly enough to really simulate the feelings of glazing your brakes. Okay. Like, it's just not what they do. So there's already that problem. And two, like, mainly glazing your brakes happens when you're driving. So it's very likely that even if he did know that that's what happened, it'd be his own fault that they reached that state by the time they got to that turn. Mm. Yeah. Cause usually it happens if you like apply the drape, the brakes way too hard throughout the race mm. or throughout the drive. And eventually that happens. Yeah. So it would be that he built it up to that point. It just felt like they wanted to use a thing of like, um, this character knows the car, even though he hasn't driven in it. And so mm-hmm. they used the glazing as a, um, mm-hmm. representation. Yeah. And it was just a bad way of doing it. Um, yeah. but one thing I would say is that I, I personally, I couldn't think, I can't think of a, another way to do that in a more like believable way. So I'll give them at least that benefit. I mean, sure. I feel like, like, I don't know how else sure. to do it. I feel like they could have definitely done like the, 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 the tires or the suspension or, um, the, whatever the thing on the back of the car is back on the, yeah. The boiler. No, the, the little wing thing. Yeah, the wing things. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. Wing is fine. Okay, but like, I feel like they could have done something like that, and it just say like, "Look, if like, I know this car. I know this. Uh, like, I know this car because I've driven it a thousand times. If this had this specific attachment to it, it would be able to take this turn. This, and that would have been a better way of doing it rather than the glazing." Yeah. Thing because also that's like, um, yeah, I don't know. First of all, if that's even like if it would be in the game, and then, uh, I also feel like, uh, David Harbor's character would also would have been able to tell in the car. That's the, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. Is, you would have been able to tell, like, obviously he braked like and nothing was happening. Yeah. And that is kind of thing. Like, if honestly, like David Harbor, he just needed to not be in the car, and it would have been way more justifiable because mm, then he could say, yeah. like, "Well, he all he could do is look." But when you're actually in the car, like you can feel when the brakes. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you kind of tell, even if you're not the one driving. But yeah, and uh, I don't know. Mm. It was very strange with that stuff, especially like. During the academy, it was another thing with like that Maddie guy where he was being a jackass on the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if he wins, like he only got to a position where he could almost win the final race because he committed a penalty beforehand. Yeah. Like if they were just going to let him go, even though he committed a penalty. Also, by the way, GT Academy was a television show. So like this was a broadcast uh, thing. Uh, 
Yeah. So it's not like like uh, you can't just sweep it under the rug. People, I I didn't watch the show back day, of course, but I imagine there'd be some questions yeah. if, if you if the winner almost wrecked somebody two turns prior. It'd be very questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's the big thing it doesn't consider is, um, just the judges of like, judges are going to take in consideration the fact that like you're crashing people on the course, and like you're gonna get mm-hmm. penalized for that, and that's gonna hurt you in the long run, and that's why drivers don't do that. Drivers aren't gonna sit around and try to crash everyone to win a race. Yeah, because I didn't think they would, but I don't know nothing so. Yeah. No, you... But it can kind of happen on the, like, the last lap. That's actually another thing that's kind of... I don't remember how it... I don't remember how it ended exactly. Like, was it a pretty close call for third place? Yes. I, he... Yes, yeah, they they went around... that. Yeah, they were... He was within four seconds in the last lap, and he caught up the four seconds, and then the last, like, couple turns... He uh, overtook him a lot. It was against that mean guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main antagonist, and then he oh, on yeah. the on the last turn, um, they went side by side, and he won by you know point zero three seconds or whatever. Because I don't know, I haven't looked at the score card or uh, you know the results from that uh, race, but I'm pretty skeptical on how it was they, that close. Like, They already did a terrible job of just showcasing how endurance races actually work. Yeah. Like, I felt like Ford vs. Ferrari did a way better job of kind of displaying that, like, this is a 24-hour event. They are doing this for long periods of time through all parts of the day. Yeah. The difference difference between first place and 15th place is, like, 50 laps, not uh, 20 seconds. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, because I don't even, like, let's look. I can look it up real quick. They had, how many laps were there? Well, in this movie, with four hours left, he was in 12th place. And then he went up to third place by the end of the race. And also... The only, reason, the only reason why he got in 12th place was because mm-hmm. there was a mishap with the change of tires that added maybe 25 seconds. So 25 mm-hmm. seconds put him down eight places. Yeah. And it's like, that's not real. That's not how, exactly. Not how it works. Yes, exactly. Cause, cause here, here, I looked it up. So this is how many laps that specific 25-hour Le Mans uh, completed the f- finishing leader completed 348 laps Ew. that's how many laps they did and this is like uh, i don't even remember how long the one is it's like one of the biggest tracks that you could possibly have and it was just it's one of those things it's kind of frustrating and i get it's a movie this is one of those things i don't if you like racing movies it's fine but if you care about the actual motorsports and already think these motorsports are cool the way they are Instead of uh, cars finishing within, like, a couple seconds of each other, uh, these cars were finishing a lapse apart. Yeah. Like, the second-place team and the the third-place team were 20 laps and 21 laps behind the leader. Like, that's an entire lap. 
which takes like five minutes to do. Yeah. For, actually, I don't remember how much, but it's it takes a long time. And it, honestly, even with the pit stop error, like if they only had one pit stop error for 25 seconds in 24 <laughs> yeah. hours, that's a pretty good record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And that's the problem. It's like they, they could have done something more realistic, but they decided to go the more dramatic route, and it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the more dramatic part, this is – we haven't even talked about what I feel is the most egregious – uh, liberties that they took with this movie and that was with the 24 hours of Nürburgring race that they decided to put mm. in so for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet well we're in spoilers so no but just to clarify for anybody who doesn't know during his the scene where he crashes that's at a 24 hours of Nürburgring race in Germany which and it was a completely real thing that they showed where a, a spectator died from that crash. And it was a horrible thing, and it was something that really made the main characters look through his life and all that stuff. It was very tragic. One of my problems with the whole concept is that that race doesn't take place until two whole years after the final race of this movie. So they decided to take a race that was completely uh... unrelated. Yeah, this race was completely unrelated from everything else in the entire film, but they decided to still throw it in but there. But they wanted it in the movie. Oh. And to me, I personally think it's completely screwed up to put the death of a spectator into this movie when it doesn't actually serve a real purpose in terms of telling the story of this rise to the this race like if they wanted to put it in there they can put it in there but at least make it somewhat relevant to the actual story like it was i was not a fan Hmm. yeah and it also felt like he it felt like it was more like the crash that was giving him ptsd than the actual yeah uh, spectator that died and like if a spectator hadn't died in real life and you decided to add that, that would be one thing. But, like, of specta- a, a, a real person, yes, a real person is dead. And you decide to use that as a gimmick emotional beat. That's true. And I, I can definitely see how the racing community feels upset about that. I don't. Do like, they? It sounds like I'd it. say yeah, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. The only the only justification is like yes it was like an emotional part and it was part of like the main character's life sure. I get that part but that's not what the movie's about the movie's not about him dealing like it's not yeah, explicitly it's about not him dealing like... with crash it's about him establishing that he's a real driver and also like I don't know it felt kind of weird to even try to push that like he doesn't want to race anymore because some spectator died and. It's like, I don't know. I feel like anybody would look at that wreck and it's like, that was a basically an act of God wreck. Like yeah. it was, mm. it happened just like that in real life, which blew my mind when I went back and saw the actual footage. It literally happened like wow. that. Where his car just goes flying and catches air. It's like, you can't, you can't make that happen. Yeah. He couldn't do that again if he tried to wreck like that. So it, it was kind of weird to see them focus so much on him feeling guilty about it 
when it's like, dude, that literally could happen to any single person on that track. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And the fact that the, the other drivers or whatever, the commission were trying to like take him out of racing. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. That was even like, that was actually what made me more upset about the whole thing. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, (laughs) There have been like that is the and most didn't they say thing for, and I'm pretty sure that is not a thing that happened in real life. Yeah, I don't recall ever there being a, a huge movement for this guy to be kicked out, mainly because he already got third place at Le Mans. I was about to say, but in yeah. the movie, don't they say they need to do the Le Mans because that's going to give him credibility? Yes. Wow, Hollywood. Yes. It's just the movie in itself is fun, entertaining, and has a lot of really good moments. However, when you put it in contrast to the actual story, it falls apart in a lot of in a lot of different areas. And um on one hand that's kind of meant like that's kind of expected for a based on the true oh, story yeah. tbh i'm not surprised that they did that in the slightest mm-hmm. yeah um but is still it's still a bummer yes it is still a bummer because a lot of it doesn't feel necessary i think yeah. that's the problem is that a lot of it doesn't feel necessary for the narrative piece yeah and plus with the with the other racer sim racers joining him for the lamont in the movie you could have had that same kind of like feeling of like coming together of having them cheering him on like the rest of the yeah sim racers. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to do that. Well, and for an emotional beat, you also could have had these quote unquote real racers. Yeah. Like I, accepting the fact that they're going to race with a sim racer. Yeah. This is a small thing, but it just <laughs> reminded me I don't like, I'm not even sure how it reminded me exactly. But just to quickly go back to that, his first GT3 race where he was trying to get the license in Austria, I was completely blown away because the one time that I was looking at this, um, the standings chart or whatever, the timing chart, yeah, was at the beginning of the race because it showed that he had qualified for seventh place out of like 30 cars. Yeah. And his pit crew and people were still making fun of him as if he, they didn't think he could do this. Yeah. He qualified not even in the middle of the pack, but like in the top 10, like in an automatic point scoring position. Yeah. yeah. So you don't just do that if you can't do it. Like if he was in the bottom, like five of qualifying, I could get it, but right. he's starting above average. So it was like, it felt like the dumbest uh, cliche thing when they did that part. Yeah. yeah, the 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 pit crew stuff was pretty cliche. And like, yeah. it would have been fine if they just made him start further in back in the pack. So yeah, be more understand. And, and just in general, the fact that they had him like they had him race so well, and then um, a obvious like purposeful wreck and would have been like reviewed by the board and would have been like uh, a penalty and all that um, is the whole reason why he finished 27th. And then everybody was like, 
everybody was like blaming him and like talking to him like it like not necessarily that that it was <laughs> that that it was his fault but like they were yeah they were kind of acting like it was it was like his fault of like he wasn't ready for the the yeah. the races and whatever i was like they could have played that off so much better of like um him like being in the race and and like not doing well because he's not ready for that style yeah, uh, and not ready to really be against these professionals. And it takes time to progress up there. But instead, he's dominating the floor mm-hmm. and is going to get fourth place right off the bat. Except there's an asshole guy that um, yeah, like wrecks not him. Yeah, in his control. Yeah, that wrecks him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really dislike that. Straight silly, if you ask me. Yeah. And the fact that they haven't, like, they just show five more races of him getting slightly better, except for the one time that he, like, apparently crashes really bad mm. and doesn't finish, and then, of course, gets fourth place at the exact race that he should. Yeah. Or has to. Has to, yeah. Actually, that does right. It was also kind of funny, like, uh, it's pretty common for drivers in real life to, like, go between different series and different levels of cars. So I just wanted to clarify that as I'm not complaining about that part, but I did find it really funny that the jackass just happened to be in each individual series, like the same series that the main character was in. And then also in the same class, like they just happened to both jump to LMP two. And by the time of 24 hours of Le Mans, Mm -hmm. like that was, I thought that was just funny. It's like, what are even the odds that they both decide to do LMP2 when, I don't know, that dude's got, that guy seemed to be pretty in love with his freaking Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when it came to the 24-hour Mon, it was also, it was kind of cringy for me when they were trying to talk up Le Mans in terms of, like, what kind of track it is and how difficult it is. But what I'm going to send to you right now this is the track map for the 24-hour Le Mans. This is the track in the uh, black line. It is 90% just straight away. It's just going in a straight line and then turning. It's not that complicated of a track. It's, hmm. it's famous because of the speed of it. Hmm. It's not like... And it's still difficult to do because you're going at such high speeds and stuff. Sure. But it was kind of frustrating that they were treating it as like some super unique track in terms of difficulty. When at least in my opinion, it's not that different. And I felt like it's it's kind of the thing I have a problem with most of the stuff with this film is from the perspective of people who don't know that much about motorsports and people who don't know much about the story that this is actually based off of. Yeah it creates this narrative and creates this impression on people of this certain, like this story when in reality it's completely different, but people who don't know about the story or how this stuff works, they leave the theater with this understanding that is completely wrong. Like if, if you didn't specifically look it out or look out for it, or if somebody didn't tell you, you wouldn't know that that person dying at the Nurburgring 
was a completely separate event from everything else in the story. Yeah. You oh, wouldn't yeah, know. No. You no. wouldn't even understand that, like, the stuff that these races are doing is complete garbage. Like, you would just think that it's just people are just dickheads on the track all the time, apparently. I do yeah. just think that. And, yeah. I am at least glad that they decided to show the fact that, like, it takes a team to do Lamas. Uh, yeah, that and, part, I they got that part at least. And instead of uh, having him, I would have been hilarious if, if they tried to say that he did a whole race all twenty four hours of it. And I mm-hmm. kind of thought that's where they were gonna go, um, and they didn't. And I was like, well, at least they like are kind of showing that like this is a team thing, mm-hmm. and that like it takes more like the Le Mans is like a like a real spectacle, a twenty four hour spectacle that takes. A team, not just a driver. Mm-hmm. So I, I at least like that part. Um, even if they screwed up other parts of the Le Mans, like mm-hmm. the fact that apparently everybody was within a lap of each other. Yeah. I will say I'm I'm gonna go to a different part of the movie. That's okay. The mm-hmm. beginning Okay, I thought it was funny that they were very, very heavy handed with the family and the dad and yeah. you don't believe in me and stuff. And then like the family was gone. And he was just Yeah, he just never seen him again yeah. except for that one time. Yeah. He was just doing his own stuff, ignoring his mom's calls. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know, doing whatever they told him to do, basically. Yeah. It was, was just like, uh I'm my family didn't believe in me, didn't whatever, so I'm gonna go do my own thing and not care for him. Yeah, but it, but then like when they saw him at the end, he's like, "I'm doing this for you." Yeah, I. He did put the sticker on right right at the bat. Yeah, and, but like, I just thought it was weird that like he didn't want to reconcile at yeah. all. I also thought it was very weird that. Um, they didn't show the family watching him race mm. until he was racing in. Like, he had already got his license. Oh, yeah. Like, why were they not watching the first race? Yeah. Like, he was in a professional race. Yeah. This wasn't like he was just doing, like, a trial run yeah. that's on some special. No, no. He was doing, like, a major race. Mm-hmm. And they. And it was like sh- they only cared at the very end. They only cared if it. At the very end, when he'd already got it, and then that he, uh, where he wrecks and almost yeah. dies. Yeah. And I thought that was rough. Yeah. The whole, also, um, romantic stuff. Yeah. Was <laughs> that was, I forgot that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's that was so, so, like, sporadic. That was a waste of time. Yes, it's sporadic and forced. They just wanted an extra beat. Um, yeah, I did think it was funny when Hopper, whatever his real name is, uh, well, that's that's the actor's name. I'm not even convinced that's a real person either. <laughs> I'm not convinced that that was an actual person. Yeah, in this yeah. Um, I thought it was funny when he was like, "Why don't you blow some of that money on that girl that you've been looking at her pictures?" Yeah. He's like, "What? You look at thousands of pictures of her all day." <laughs> I just thought it was funny. No, no, it was funny. And, like, I don't even think it was, like, during it, I was like, oh, okay, so they have a girl that, like, starts to find interest once he is, like, a legit racer. 
But mm-hmm. like they at least don't do that. Yeah. No. But they played off as him like just having this crush on her. Um, mm-hmm. but then he's but but then like they Yeah she she's like pursuing him at yeah. this small little hangout thing and they almost kiss then. It's like no, that's that's not like you have a crush on her. Like you guys are like almost a thing already. And then Yeah, but like he doesn't talk to her for a long time. Yeah. It was just strange. Yes, it was. And they needed a DTR for real. Well, don't think they would have added anything to the movie, but yeah. No, I'm not saying that they needed to add it. I'm just saying that that's what they needed. Mm. Okay, well, we've gone long already. So, do we have anything else we want to say about Gran Turismo? I'm sure there's probably something I'm missing to complain about, but... I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm good. Okay. Um, ratings. Um, <clears throat> out of five stars, what would you rate Gran Trismo, Austin? I'm pretty sure I gave it one and a half stars. Ooh. One and a half. That's rough. Tristan. And you know you know my letterbox average. That's like, like it's hard to get bad scores out of <laughs> He he does usually find me on my low scores, so. Three. Three? Yep. Well, what do we think alike? Because I also. Yeah? Yeah, I was, uh, at the beginning of this movie, it was a solid two. <laughs> and it uh, it got much better. I actually thought it did get much better as the movie progressed. Yeah. Um, I actually it, really liked the main character. Yeah, no, he was. I yeah, liked him. He was fine. Um, and so, yeah, I also have a three. Um, I ended up very much enjoying it. Um, even though I knew there were issues, <laughs> I didn't know the specific stuff, but I knew that it was not great yeah. in its real life adaptation. Um, but I still did very much have fun Yeah, and, um, thought that it portrayed itself well enough in a movie format um, even if the real stuff wasn't as accurate as I would have maybe have hoped. Um, and if it was, it would probably be a little bit higher. So, um, uh, but yeah, I got a three. Sweet. So, oh, um, that's the end of today's episode. Um, I can't remember what I have for next week because I don't have my phone because it's recording. So that's how you get to see our faces. Um, so I don't know what we're doing next week, but we will be back next uh, Monday for a review. Is it The Nun 2? I don't know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Austin, for coming on um, before you go to work and uh, coming on to talk to us and give us all of the real-life knowledge of this mm-hmm. Gran Turismo story and F1 and sim racing. Um, and, yeah, that's it for today's episode. We will see you next week, and have a good one. Hey, moron! You talking to me? You talking to me? There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) What an idiot! What do you expect? I'm the movie moron.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Don't call me stupid. All right, to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. I've known sheep that could outwit you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. No, none taken.